copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Assembly police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 96, regarding a kidnapping. The victim described as female, 25 years, 5 feet 1 inch, about 115 pounds. Has brown eyes, black hair. Was last seen in the company of a gray-haired man in the vicinity of Brownell Avenue and 12th Street. All cars be on the lookout for this woman. That's all. Rolls and clerks.
but as indicated by the ever-growing list of convictions in recent kidnapping cases, an effective one. January 1921. Inside a small house on Brownell Street in Hollywood, the crackling flames of a wood fire strike a cheery note. In the dining room, Mrs. Margaret Worth and a woman neighbor are busily setting the table for the family's dinner. There. The candle's in the center. Now, how does it look? It's lovely. Really lovely. Mr. Worth should be awfully pleased. Yes, it's so seldom that his mother comes into town that he gets an awful lot of pleasure out of seeing her. I thought we'd have a sort of a party for her tonight. Well, you've certainly done wonders with that table. <laughs> it's the most cheerful-looking thing I've seen in a long time. But I don't know what in the world I would have done without you. Oh. It was grand of you to come over and help like this. Well, I've done a thing. Besides, I like to pucker with things like this. It's been a long time since I've had a family table. My husband didn't have any family, and mine lives so far away that I never see them anymore. You miss them, don't you, now that your husband's gone? Well, sometimes I, I can't help wishing we could all get together again just for a sort of reunion. But when you get to be my age, you somehow just don't expect things. I've got a grand idea. You stay here tonight for dinner with us. Oh, no, I couldn't. Why, of course you'll stay. Why, you're just as much a part of this family oh. as any of us. Well, if you don't think I'd be in the way. Being the... Why, if you're not the silliest person I've ever known in all my life. Now, I'll tell you what we'll do. You run in and get another plate, and I'll put a place on the table here, and we'll have a regular family dinner party. All right, well, I won't be a minute. <laughs> oh, dear, that must be mother now. I'll go to the door, and you can sit on your table. All right. Hello, mother. Oh. Mrs. Worth? Why, yes. There's been an accident out on Santa Monica Boulevard, and I'm afraid someone in your family has been hurt. Oh, is it... An elderly woman. She asked oh. for you. Said you were expecting her and wanted me to get in touch with you. Oh, how terrible. Is she hurt badly? I don't really know, Mrs. Worth. She asked if you come right out to her. I got my car here. I'd be glad to take you there. Oh, that's awfully good of you. I... Will you come in a moment? I, I'll get my coat. That's all right. I'll wait here for you. All right. I'll only be a minute. Oh, Mrs. Norton. Mrs. Norton. Yes? I, I'm afraid something terrible's happened. I have to go out to Santa Monica right away. Mother's been in an automobile accident and needs me. Will you bring me my coat? And and I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to look after the baby. I, I'll be back or call you as soon as I find out what we'll have to do. Well, all right. Now, you go right ahead and don't worry about baby Jack. Oh, thank you. If my husband gets home before I call you, tell him what's happened and to wait right here for a call. Yes, I will. Now, you run along, and I'll stay right here until I hear from you. All right. I, I'll be back just as soon as I can. But lovely mother of birth is not destined to be back home as soon as she thought. An hour after she has left, her husband returns to the house where he learned from Mrs. Norton of a tragic accident. Worried, he waits nearly an hour for a phone call. And then, learning from Mrs. Norton that the scene of the accident was on Santa Monica Boulevard, he starts out in his car, hoping to find his wife and his mother, or at least learn their whereabouts. Arriving at the approximate scene of the accident, the frantic husband inquires from proprietors of small gas stations and fruit stands. But no one has heard of a crash. Worried to the breaking point, 
Mr. Worth finally comes to the horrible conclusion that his wife has disappeared. A phone call to his home verifies his suspicion. When he learns that his mother has arrived and is at the house and says there is no truth in the accident story, Margaret Worth has disappeared from the face of the earth. Realizing that the first step is to notify the police, Mr. Worth drives to police headquarters and tells his story to Detective Lieutenant Lewis Oak and Ed King. I can't think of any reason for a thing like this. The usual reason for kidnapping is money, Mr. Worth. Oh, I know that, of course, but it, it seems incredible to me that a full-grown woman could be taken right out of her own home and spirited away. I, I just can't understand it. This neighbor of yours see the man that called for Mrs. Worth? Oh, not well. She said that she was so upset by the news that she really didn't pay any attention to it. Well, Lloyd, that leaves us with practically nothing to go on. Strikes me that the person that did this must have been pretty well acquainted with the movements of your family, Mr. Worth. Why? What well, do you mean? in the first place, he must have known that your mother was coming to dinner with you on this particular night. And he must have known that she'd be driving in from out of town. Well, that's right. Do you have any ideas as to who might be aware of these things, Mr. Worth? Someone who might want to hurt you? No, no, I can't think of a person. No one. Wait a minute. What is it? There was a former partner of mine. I don't suppose it has anything to do with this thing, but as I was driving here, I saw him in a car with my secretary. The secretary that works for you now? Yes. Is the secretary familiar with your home life? That is, would she know about your social appointments? She handles all my social affairs as well as my business appointments. Well, looks as though we might have hit on something mighty important, Lloyd. Now, Mr. Worth, can you give us a little information about this former partner? Oh, of course, anything that'll help get Margaret back. Well, what's his name? George Felderman. How long has it been since you were in business with him? Well, it's been one, nearly two years since we parted. Any reason to think this Felderman might want to hurt you? Does he have a grudge against you? Well, we weren't exactly what you'd call friends when we parted, but I have no real reason to believe he'd want to do anything like this. Have you had any dealings with him lately? No. No, I haven't seen the man more than twice in the last year. This evening's the first time in at least two months. Now, about this secretary of yours, Mr. Worth. Have you ever seen her with Felderman before? Well, not that I remember, no. You're positive it was your secretary you saw tonight? Oh, absolutely. There could be no mistaking it. Did she see you? Well, I don't see how she could have. Good. Ed, I think we'd better call Nick Harris and have him put a couple of operatives on the secretary and Felderman. Yeah. Meantime, it's absolutely necessary that we keep this news in the papers. You, Mr. Worth, had better go home and wait for a communication from the kidnappers. And don't mention this to anyone. Tell the woman that's staying with your child that she's not to breathe a word of this. In kidnapping, the most important thing is, is to let the criminals think you're carrying out their wishes to the letter. If they become frightened, there's no telling what they might do. Oh, but why can't we go out to my secretary's house right now and get her? I know where she lives. Because if this is a kidnapping case, Mr. Worth, and I have no doubt for what it is, there's bound to be more than just one or two people in it. And getting one of the gang will do us no good and only serve to warn the leaders that we're on to it. In that case, I wouldn't get a guess as to your wife's safety. Oh, I, I suppose you know best, Lieutenant, but we've got to get her back. We've just got to get her back. <laughs> lovely Margaret Worth, the police department begins its task of setting the machinery in motion for the greatest manhunt in the history of Los Angeles. Private detective Dick Harris is brought into the case 
and immediately assigns two of his operatives to shadow worst secretary and Felderman and to report every move they make day and night. Despite the efforts of the detectives to keep the case from the papers, the following day, headline screams, Margaret Worth kidnapped. And then, late the following afternoon, a nervous young man appears at the detective headquarters and asks for the man in charge of the investigation. And what might you be wanting to see him about? Well, I'd uh, rather not say anything about it here. You see, it's uh, sort of private. Well, you'll have to tell me what it is you want before I can be letting you in. Well, uh, just tell me that it's uh, about the uh, kidnapping, then. About the kidnapping? Uh, what about the kidnapping? Well, that's uh, what I want to tell whoever's in charge. Will you please let me speak to him? Uh, just a minute. I'll see what he says. Hello, Lieutenant. A young fellow out here that says he wants to see you about that kidnapping case. He won't tell me. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. Uh, you can go in oh. on that hallway there in the second door on your left. Thank you. Come in. Yes? Uh, are you the uh, man who's in charge of the... That's right. Come in. Uh, thank you. I, uh, I have some information I thought might be of some value to you. It's about the kidnapping. Yes, the kidnapping. Yes, I gathered it. Mm. Now, what's the story? Well, uh, this afternoon I was uh, riding on a streetcar on Eldora Street, and uh, I thought by Boyle Heights, just a few blocks. Yes, I know where it is. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was uh, riding on a streetcar, and as I didn't have anything to do, I was just uh, looking out the window, watching the cars they went by. Yes, and? Uh, well, I noticed a dilapidated old car parked on the side of the road, and what appeared at first to be a bundle in the back seat. The um, car was on the stop alongside of it for a passenger, and I got a better look. And suddenly I uh, saw a hand and arm reach out of the bundle. What? Uh, um, a hand and arm reached out of the bundle. Well, the uh, car I was on started just then, and by the time I could get off and run back, the machine was gone. Did you get a good look at who was driving it? Uh, well, no, because you see, uh, when I saw it, there was no driver, but uh, I got the license number. You got the license uh, number. Good. You got it with you? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, here. Fine, fine. Now, sit down a moment, Mr. Uh, uh, Willows. Mr. Willows. I'll call the motor vehicle department and see who this license is registered to. Hello, operator. Get the motor vehicle department right away, will you? And find out who has license L32411. Call me back. Thanks. Uh, how big was this bundle, Mr. Willows? Uh, Would you say it was big enough to hide a full-grown person? Because well, I, I, I didn't uh, get uh, too good a look at it, but uh, I... It might have been that big, although I, I don't know. I see, I see. You say there was no driver there. Did you see anyone else around the car? Well, um, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, there was a man standing on the curb. He, he seemed to be uh, waiting for someone. I, I don't know whether he had anything to do with the car. Yes, well, we'll just have to. Uh, there's the call now. Hello? Yeah. I see. What? So that's it. I see. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's funny. It's very funny. All right. Thanks a lot, anyway. Goodbye. Oh, is it uh, something? Oh, yes. It's something. I'm afraid, Mr. Willows, that your suspicions were a little lost. Oh. A seven-pound boy was born in the back of the dilapidated automobile you saw this afternoon. Both mother and child are doing fine. Oh. <laughs> The first real clue dissolves into the thin wail of a newborn babe. 
Under the direction of Chief of Police Sendergast, a modern posse of citizens is formed and scour the deserted stretches of Griffith Park, Hollywood Hills, Edendale Park, and all possible places where the lovely young woman might be hidden. But nothing is found. Then, on the second day after the kidnapping, the frantic husband calls detectives Oaks and King, tells them to come to his house at once. Arriving there, the officers find Mr. Worth waiting for them and apparently highly excited. I've heard from them, Watts. A special delivery letter. I have it right here. Let me see it. Hmm. When did you receive this, Mr. Why, Worth? just before I called you. Naturally, the first thing I did was to get in touch with you. Well, that's conclusively that your wife has been kidnapped. That at least is something. Well, what's it say, Ed? It says... By the time you receive this, you will have notified the police. But that will do you no good, as your wife is in a safe place where she will be kept until you have left $20,000 next Saturday evening at a place you will be told of later. That's all there is. Oh, there's another note. It was inside the main envelope. Another note from Margaret, my wife. Well, what does it say? That if I don't come and get her soon, she'll go crazy. Sure it's from her, Mr. Worth? Oh, positive. It's in her handwriting. I'm sure of it. I'm going out and get the money right away and get her. Wait a minute, Mr. Worth. Your wife is safe at the moment. We know that because they're waiting for the money. There's no guarantee of what they'll do when they get the money. You have no guarantee of her safety after you pay the money. But I, I've got to do something. I'll go crazy waiting here and not knowing what those fiends are doing to Margaret. I know it's hard for you, Mr. Worth. The safest thing right now is to stall them until we can get a line on where they're holding your wife. Oh, but we don't know any more about it now than we did when she was taken. How do you know we'll ever find her? Well, we can't be sure of anything yet. But it stands to reason that nothing will happen to her as long as they think you're playing the game with them. The thing for you to do is to stay right here and wait to hear from them again. As soon as you do, let us know at once and we'll plan our next move. Oh, I, I suppose you're right, but I, I can't stand this suspense much longer. I keep thinking of my wife somewhere out there, frightened, nearly crazy, and not being able to do anything more than write a note to me. Gentlemen, we've got to do something. Don't worry, Mr. Worth. We'll do something. I'm not sure just what, but we'll do something. Meanwhile, the operatives assigned by Nick Harris to follow the suspected secretary and ex-partner have not been idle. With the thoroughness and persistency of a bloodhound, every lead, no matter how minute, has been run down. And at 3.15 the following morning in the supper room of the Vernon Country Club... Hello, operator. Give me Drexel 2746W. Yeah. Oh. Hello, Chief. This is Jones. Our people are out here at the Vernon Country Club. Yeah. Sitting around drinking. Yeah. Stay with them? Okay. Yeah, Burns is with me. Okay, Chief. Goodbye. Now what do we do? Stick around and see where they go after here. To make up our minds, I'm getting plenty tired of this dump. Well, you and me both. Oh, well, better than some of the places we've had to hang around. Yeah. Our party was sitting over there? Right where they've been all evening. I've never seen anyone put away so many highballs in one sitting as that bird. He hasn't had a glass out of his hand since 10.30. I bet he has a lift to one side when he tries to get up on that table. Uh-oh. That's... Huh? the check. Nobody's going to leave. Uh, you're right. Boy, is that gent cockeyed. It's going to be good. Well, we better start out. We can keep our eye on him from the door and hit for the car as soon as they come out. Uh, okay, let's go. Oh, where are they? Right behind us. 
Keep going and let's get the car. Well, I hate to think of that guy driving. He's really drunk. All the better for us. You'll never notice that we're following him. Well, there's something in that. Well, here's the car. You want to drive? Okay. Better pull out the main gate and wait for him. That way we'll be able to see him when they come out and start right behind him. Yeah. Day and night. 
If a call comes from them, try to stall them as long as you can without getting them suspicious. I'll arrange to have any calls made to your house piped into my office and into your father's house. We'll have men at all three places with instructions to phone me the moment anything breaks. And when it does, we have the chief operator give us the address of the place the phone call is coming from and go after them. That's where you play a very important part, Mr. Worth. The longer you can keep them talking to you, the better our chances to get them before they leave the phone. The plan carried out to a T. Nothing remains now but to wait for the expected call. One long day goes by and no call comes. The second day drags on and threatens to bring nothing of importance to the ears of the waiting men. Then Sunday evening at 10.15, the phone in Nick Harris's office suddenly comes to life. Hello? There's a man talking to the Worth house. He's speaking to a public pay station in the Anthem Drugstore, 200 East 5th Street. Thanks. Hold this wire open and get me police headquarters. Yes, sir. Here you are, sir. Hello? My hair is speaking. Lieutenant Chai, Harris. Go out to 200 East 5th Street, Anthem Drugstore, and make it fast. Pick up the bird in the phone booth. Right. We got anywhere from 30 seconds to two minutes to get there. Okay, Lieutenant. You boys all set when we get there. Remember, we want this bird alive. Right, Charlie. There's the drugstore. Next corner. Okay, boys. Head for the phone booth and grab everybody that's phoning. Yeah, there's the only phone booth in there. Come on. There's a man in there. Goodbye, Mr. Worth. Be sure and leave and have the money tonight. All right, buddy. Put up your hands. Huh? Sammy, boy. What's going on? Never mind this matter. We'll tell you all about it when we get to headquarters. Meanwhile, here's another question for you. Where's Mrs. Worth? I don't know. Oh, yes, you do, and you're going to tell her. Come on, buddy. We want to know, and we're not wasting any more time on you. Where is it? I tell you, I don't know. What's your name? Beal, Arthur Beal. All right, Beal. Suppose you tell us all about it. Listen, you can't make me say anything I don't know. I tell you, you're wrong about this. All right, that's enough of that. We're doing the talking from now on. What were you doing in that telephone booth? Telephone? Who were you talking to? That's none of your business, and much more I don't see what right you... You were talking to Mr. Worth, weren't you? I... No, no, I wasn't... who were you talking to? I... uh, I don't know. How can a guy think with you asking all these questions? You don't have to think very hard, Beale. You know where Mrs. Worth is. No, I don't. Come on, Beale, where is she? I tell you, I Beale, don't know. I'm asking you just once more, and if you don't tell me, it'll go hard with you. Where is Mrs. Worth? All right, all right. I'll tell you if you stop asking me questions. All right. Go ahead. She's out in a shack near Corona. That's better. Can you show us exactly where? I suppose so. All right, boys. It looks like we're going to have a ride ahead of us. And, Beale, you're coming along to show us the way. Marshalling forces, detectives Oak, Harris, King, and Mr. Worth with their prisoners safely handcuffed to the car, start the long trek out to the shack in Corona. Trailing behind their car come five others, filled with police and reporters. Out through South Los Angeles, the six-car speed into the long stretch of smooth road leading to Corona. At 4 a.m., the lead car cuts off the main highway onto a little cow path, and with lights out, crawls the remaining three miles. Suddenly, a small shack shows up only a few hundred feet away. The cars quietly slide to a stop. Now, listen, Bill. You're going with us. When we arrive, you tell who's ever in there that you brought a friend. That's all. Understand? Yeah. Okay, Ed. Let's go. Okay. All right. It's all right, George. I got a friend with me. That's about time you got that. We'll open the door. 
All right, boys, come and get him. That's cop for you. Then I'll hold you for a moment. Now, where is she, Bill? In that closet over there. Okay, then. Come on, boys. Give us a hand with this door. Come on, break it down. That's it. That's it. That's just it. Margaret, Margaret, where are you? Lammy. Oh, Lammy, I knew you'd come. Margaret, thank God you'll pay. Come on, Louie. I think we'd better take a look at our prisoners. Uh, yeah. Maybe you're right. from Nick Harris, Margaret Worth was returned to her husband and baby unharmed. The two men were tried and found guilty of kidnapping for the purpose of extortion. On February 2nd, 1921, Arthur and George Beale were sentenced to San Quentin for the term of from 10 years to life, and on the same day, Detective Oaks, King, and Harris caught the train for San Quentin and delivered the criminal in person to the warden. Thank you, Chief Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, your police department calls upon every citizen to enlist in the war against crime. Every boy, every girl can help in the capture of lawbreakers. Join the junior police department. Get your complete junior detective outfit. Your nearest Rio Grande cracked gasoline dealer is headquarters for more information. Drive in and ask how you can get absolutely free a junior police badge, fingerprint outfit, handcuffs, and many other gifts. If you, Mr. Motorist, haven't yet realized the thrill of getting police car performance from your own car, then try this extraordinary Rio Grande cracked gasoline that is selected for more police cars and emergency engines than any other brand. A tankful will give you more and speedier miles than you've been getting and you get a valuable gift for some boy or girl at no cost to you. Your Rio Grande dealer can save you money on motor oil, too. He features Sinclair canned motor oil. Only 25 cents a quart for the same Sinclair oil your Army and Navy use. Attention all cars. The cancellation broadcast 96 regarding a kidnapping. Suspects in this case are now in custody. That's all. This is your narrator, Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.